The reason why so many Christians stay so defeated is their souls are out of shape. Dr. Tony Evans says if we want to spiritually shape up, we've got to follow God's exercise plan. It is going to require a decision that you want to engage in a workout program to get rid of the flab on your soul. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. While cleanliness may be next to godliness, it'll take more than just a bit of scrubbing to clean up our lives. Today, Dr. Evans explores the means God has given us to become more like Him and the benefits we'll enjoy along the way. Let's listen. This is a story about a man named Jed. He's a poor mountaineer that barely kept his family fed. But then one day, while hunting for some food, up from the ground came a bubbling crude. Oil, that is. Black gold. Texas tea. Instantly, Jed Clampett, Ellie Mae, Grandma, and Jethro became multimillionaires. They relocated from the hills to Beverly Hills. And now they were living in the lap of luxury. They now had access to all of the fineries of life. What kept our attention week after week after week was their struggle to leave hillbilly thinking and hillbilly living back in the hills and not transport that old life into their new reality. They were now living large, but they were acting small in a place that offered them so much more than the life they left behind. Everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior has been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You have been transferred from a place of spiritual impoverishment to a place of spiritual riches. You have been removed from the kingdom of Satan and have been seated on the right hand of Jesus Christ in heavenly places in the spiritual realm. But all of us knows the struggle it is to leave the hillbilly spiritual life behind and partake of the new spiritual realities that have been afforded to us. 1 Timothy 3.16, the mystery of godliness, that is, this transfer that has occurred from the Old Testament to the New Testament. A mystery is something that was hidden in the old that has now been exposed or revealed in the new. And this mystery is the person of Jesus Christ Christ in you, the hope of glory. This mystery is that in the Old Testament, God was with them. In the Gospels, Jesus was among them. But you and I now have Jesus in us. And the goal of this mystery, the goal of this reality is the production of godliness in the life of God's children. That the whole point of this salvation experience is to make us godly men and women. We define godliness as a lifestyle consistent with the character of God. 
Godlessness is a lifestyle inconsistent with the character of God. Godliness does not mean perfection, but godliness does mean consistency. That it becomes normative for us to pursue godliness, to be godly, and to recognize when we are not godly. That's God's goal. The question on the floor is how do I get there? How do I arrive at this place of godliness where it's not a theory or a theology, but a reality? How do I arrive at this goal of godliness? Before washing machines were created, there was a washing board and you put your human effort forth to get your clothes clean. With the advent of the washing machine, you no longer had to produce clean clothes your own. All you had to do is deliver it to a power called the washing machine. Whether the washing board or the washing machine both had the same goal to make clothes clean, but they now had a different power. The power with the washing board was your human effort. You had to scrub. The power with the washing machine is a motor built in to produce the cleanliness that your human effort was trying to produce with the washing board. What God is saying now is that I have given you, built into you, a washing machine so you no longer have to try to produce godliness by your own washing board. That is not by human effort, which he makes the law of Moses, but by supernatural enablement, the washing machine, the power source. So the question is, how does this machine work? How do I... How do I get this cleanliness operating in my life so that I am indeed becoming godly? That is a lifestyle consistent with the character of God progressively. In chapter four, Paul says in verse six of 1 Timothy, in pointing out these things to the brethren. So Timothy, as you pointed out to the church at Ephesus, Tony Evans, as you pointed out to the church at Oak Cliff, in pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of sound doctrine, which you have been following. But have nothing to do with worldly fables, fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds the promise for this present life and also for the life to come. He says, if you want to be godly, you must discipline yourself for it. Discipline yourself for godliness. The Greek word for discipline is the word we get our English word gymnasium from. It's the same word. The word for discipline is our word gymnasium. And you go to a gym to work out. You go to a gym to get in shape. You don't go to a gym to create muscles. You go to a gym to build the muscles you already have. You don't go to a gym to create a heart. You go to a gym to work out the heart that you already have. So the gym is designed to develop 
your physical attributes that you already possess. He contrasts your gym experience for the physical body with your gym, the word is gymnasium, your gym experience for your spiritual life. Now, how many of you here today have a membership at some place for the purpose of working out? You have a membership somewhere. Many of you have a gym membership. Now, how many of you have a gym membership that rarely gets used? (laughs) Therefore, it is possible to have a membership but not have the benefits of the membership. In other words, you can be enrolled while still being out of shape because you're not taking advantage of the membership you possess. When you accepted Jesus Christ, you got a membership card where God has now given you access to a gymnasium discipline for the purpose not of creating godliness, but of developing the godliness you already possess since God, if you've accepted Christ, is already living in you. So just as you have a membership for the body, those who have it, those who don't have it may not even care about it, but those of you who have membership in God's gymnasium, you have a place for soul workout. God wants you to get your soul in shape. And getting your soul in shape through spiritual exercise is your gym's responsibility. Even with a washing machine, you have to cooperate with it. That is, the washing machine doesn't pick up the clothes and put it in. You put in the detergent, you put in the bleach, but the washing machine is the power in order to pull off the cleanliness that the clothes desperately need. Even though you're converted, your soul is living in the flesh which still produces ungodly thinking, ungodly appetites, and ungodly actions requiring a cleansing that needs to occur. The cleansing occurs through the exercise and training in the gym that God has provided for our move toward godliness. Dr. Evans will offer some practical godliness exercises when he continues our message in just a moment. But first, I want to quickly let you know that the lesson you've been hearing today is a message from Tony's four-part series called In Pursuit of Godliness. It's an insightful look into what godliness is all about and how the Lord has provided us each with the ability to move closer to Him and in doing so to experience a more outstanding and rewarding way of life. It's a valuable collection of messages, and to make them even more beneficial to you, we're bundling them along with Tony's Jesus Challenge study package. Now, this includes eight audio messages focusing on developing a stronger faith, healthier priorities, transparent authenticity, and more. You'll also get Dr. Evans' Living as an Overcomer book, his in-depth workbook, plus a special Bible study DVD packed with exclusive teaching segments from Tony. And here's the best part. We're making this entire package available as our gift in appreciation for your contribution to help support the ministry of The Alternative. 
So contact us right away to take advantage of this special offer before time runs out. Just visit TonyEvans.org or call our Resource Center at 1-800-800-3222. Team members are standing by around the clock to help with your request. That's 1-800-800-3222. Well, Dr. Evans is back now with more of today's message. The reason why so many Christians stay so defeated for so long, day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year, is their souls are out of shape. Just as the body, when the body's out of shape, you're going to huff and puff going up the steps. You're going to have flab where you don't want it. Because you have not, we have not exercised the body sufficiently in order for it to be in spiritual enough shape to handle what's being thrown at us and producing sinfulness in us. So we're living with out-of-shape souls because we have not utilized our membership privileges. Now, you have to decide to work out because the reality is a lot of times when you work out, you don't want to work out. But the reason you decide to work out is that your health is more important than your feelings. So you make a decision based on the priority that my health and my look is more important than the fact that I don't feel like working out right now. So you make a priority decision. If you are spiritually flabby, if the soul is out of shape, you say, how do I know I'm out of shape? Because ungodliness rules. If ungodliness rules, me or you or us, that's because we're out of shape. How many here know you need to work out? Most hands are going up. One thing you know, and that is, there's a big difference from intending to do it and doing it. We work up intending to get on the treadmill, intending to go to the gym. But all of a sudden, the thought of that extra 15 minutes or 30 minutes in bed overrules our recognition that we need to work out and the intent to work out. So let's get this straight. Your workout regimen for godliness has to go beyond good intentions. It's got to go beyond good desires. It is going to require a decision that you want to engage in a workout program to get rid of the flab on your soul. Unfortunately, most Christians are satisfied with one weekly workout on Sunday morning. They will come in for a workout session on Sunday morning. But you know that if you have a trainer and you go once a week, but then the rest of the week you do opposite from what the trainer told you, you just wasted your workout session once a week. So what most of us do is go to a spiritual workout session on Sunday and then go to the donut shop on Monday. (laughs) Canceling out whatever workout routine we did on Sunday, turning it into merely a religious exercise. He makes it clear that if you're going to have a spiritual workout, 
You're going to have to relinquish, verse 7, worldly fables fit for old women. We already saw in our first session that the enemy of godliness is worldliness. And he says, you must relinquish worldly fables fit for old women. Now, that was a, a euphemism or a saying that meant you must reject things that have no biblical or spiritual foundation tied to them. He even talks about what some of those things are in the first five verses of chapter four. He says the spirit expressly says in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For every thing created by God is good. This is a powerful statement. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude for it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. He says there is a false teaching out there that wants to keep you from being godly and it's information for all women. In other words, they are sayings and discussions with no biblical foundation and therefore that makes them worldly and not godly and therefore non-beneficial. He gives two illustrations in those verses. He says, forbidding marriage and forbidding foods. Now, I don't want to be disrespectful to some of the religious denominations that some may have grown up in, but we are well aware that some have forbidden marriage and others forbidding eating meat on Friday. He calls those doctrines of demons. No matter the fact that they're popular, he calls them myths fit for old women. Why? Because they're not consistent with biblical truth. It's a lot of chatter, a lot of myth, and it's basically storytelling with no divine authority. Even though it has to do with the institution of marriage, it has to do with food that you partake of. So he covers a lot of territory from marriage down to food and saying you can be living your life on fables. And if you're living your life on fables fit for all women, that is women with nothing to do but sit around all day and talk. With no authority or truth or biblical foundation, then there will not be transformation that occurs. So then, it's time to go to the gym. It's time to develop a workout. Remember, the workout isn't to make you godly. The workout is to develop the godliness you already have. Like in the body, you already have a heart. You already have the muscles. You're working out something that already exists because we already saw in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that all that is pertaining to godliness, you already possess. So you're developing something that already exists. Now, let me say a word before we get to the gym. We're going to get to the gym here, but I want to say a word about God in this verse eight. Bodily discipline is only profitable for a little, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds the promise of this present life and also for the life to come. He says for you to exercise, to go to the gym, 
for the working out of your soul is better than going to the gym and working out your body. He says, physical exercise, gym, is profitable for a little. But godliness is profitable for a lot. Because he says all things. So let me just say this as we move forward. If you're working your body out more than you're working your soul out, you have your priorities mixed up. You need to spend more time in the soul gym than you need in the body gym. Why? Because bodily exercise, getting on the treadmill, lifting the weights, doing the calisthenics, it's good, but just for a little. Now, why only a little? Because we do it for our health and we do it for our fitness. But the reason why bodily exercise only profits a little is because while it will affect the quality of your life, it will not affect the quantity. It is appointed unto man once to die. And you won't miss that appointment. You say, but I'm working out so I can live a long time. Well, let me, ha- let me explain this. If God on his calendar put your date as September the 1st, you're leaving here. September the 1st. But you say, but wait a minute. I've been jogging. I've been lifting weights. No, you know, you understand. It's about an appointment. But I'm in shape. Okay, you're going to get hit by a car. But you're going to make the appointment. So while bodily exercise can affect the quality, you know, you feel better, definitely. God has appointed when you will leave here. But on the other hand, the reason why you need to go to the godliness gym is because godliness is profitable or beneficial for every aspect of your life or what he calls all things. Your finances, your relationships, your marriage, your parenting, your career, your debts, your physical health. If you get this gym workout right, it covers everything. If you just go for the body, it only covers the body. If you get this workout straight, it will make you better everywhere. Because it's going to affect godliness everywhere. Dr. Tony Evans with some encouraging insight on the benefits of practicing the presence of Christ. And that begins with having a personal relationship with Jesus. If you haven't done that, but are ready to give it a start, visit TonyEvans.org and follow the link that says Jesus. There, Dr. Evans will explain everything you need to know about how to begin a brand new life with the Lord. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. And when you visit the website, don't forget to take advantage of our current giant offer. The Living as an Overcomer book, workbook, and Bible study DVD plus all eight full-length audio messages from the Jesus Challenge series, digitally and or on CDs, as well as the bonus downloadable audio messages from Tony's current teaching series, In Pursuit of Godliness. This powerful and life-changing package of resources is yours with our thanks when you help support Dr. Evans' ministry with your donation. This is a limited-time offer, so don't wait. Visit us today at TonyEvans.org to make your request. Or call us at 1-800-800-3222 
and let one of our resource team members help you. That's 1-800-800-3222 or online at TonyEvans.org. You can also sign up for Tony's free email devotional, get access to a huge assortment of Bible study resources, and learn about the alternatives revitalizing and uplifting crews to the Mexican Riviera this coming November. Consistency is key for achieving fitness goals. On Monday, Dr. Evans will continue to examine the means to godliness as he reveals the path to a healthy spiritual life. Be sure to join him for that. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 